Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View. We'll start off the show with an NFL recap, go into the NBA Finals, and wrap up the show with last night's uh, divisional series games. We had four of them. We have four more tonight. There are no off days in these divisional series uh, because you don't need travel days. They're in a bubble, so it's just kind of back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Very fun, also kind of stressful. No days to kind of unwind and dissect what happened uh, and game plan for the next day. It's a quick turnaround. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll end the show with that. First, some some important news before we get to the week four recap of the NFL. Uh, reigning Defensive Player of the Year and Patriots cornerback Stephon Gilmore tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, so that's a bit concerning because they did just play the Chiefs a couple nights ago. He was on that list of players that so the Patriots when they they went to when they went to Kansas City, they took two planes, one with people who did not have any contact with Cam Newton and a plane with about 20 dudes who did have contact with Cam Newton. Gilmore was on that plane. And they show up to Kansas City. Everyone tests negative. They play the game. Now, two days later, Stephon Gilmore, who was on that plane and was in proximity to Cam, has tested positive. So, a little scary, I guess, because now you're thinking, well, how? what's up with the testing? Because I'm, I'm a little confused. You know, like, this is a team that a couple days ago tested negative and now a player tests positive, and he was just on a plane with a bunch of people who could have also been positive. One who was positive. Well, I don't think Cam was with the team, but a bunch of people who were in proximity with him. So is there, like, are there delayed results with the testing? Because another bit of news is the Tennessee Titans. So yesterday, their test came back clean. Today, they have two more players test positive for COVID. Um, so the Titans are another team who are they they've been suffering from this. Uh, they had to cancel their game last or postpone their game last week against the Steelers. Um, so they're just trying to get back on the football field. They were supposed to return to their practice facility today, I believe, or tomorrow, Thursday, one or the other. But they were supposed to resume football activities in their facility. And instead, they have to push that back even further because you have two additional players test positive for COVID. So a a very tricky situation, a very delicate situation. Obviously, we see how this thing spreads. So they're just, I think, I don't know what's going to happen. They're just going to have to be careful with the Titans. Double the amount of precaution because you already had an outbreak with faculty and, and players and it kind of messed up your season a little bit already. So you got to limit that as best you can. But those are just two things to keep an eye out for the rest of the week leading up to Sunday um, and see if they finally end up playing a game, the Titans, that is. And also what happens with the Patriots, if there are going to be more positive tests. If not, um, then they should be good if it's just Gilmore and no one else 
So let's get through this recap, and then we'll talk uh, some major storylines for the NFL because there are a couple things that I need to get through. We did have some firings, or we did have a firing. Uh, Hopefully that leads to a snowball effect to some other coaches. This one being one of them, the Thursday night game with the Broncos and Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold was running for his life. I mean, like he he looked like he was on fire trying running the football out there. I felt so bad for him. He gets injured, and then they have to end up putting in Joe Flacco, who's actually Flacco's actually starting on Sunday because Darnold is week to week from that injury that he suffered in this game. So good luck with that one, Jets fans. And he had, I think he injured uh, an AC joint. I, I think he should be okay, but Jets lose 37-28. to 28. Not big enough of a blowout to fire Adam Gase immediately after the game, which is unfortunate. It's kind of hoping the Broncos bloom out of the water, but they're also suffering from a handful of injuries themselves. Drew Locke is out, Sutton out for the year. But they come away with a W. Melvin Gordon had himself a nice game. Uh, 37-28 Broncos. The Giants and the entire NFC East, which is one of those storylines I want to get to, is they, they are embarrassing. They, they just straight up suck. Uh, the Giants were in this game the entire time against the Rams. They lose 17-9. Um, and this is, again, a game that they were in the entire time, but they just cannot get into the end zone. Their nine points are on three field goals. They cannot find into the end zone. They are the lowest scoring team in the NFL. Uh, it's it's troubling. Um, Daniel Jones, again, th- he, he, looks, he looks good sometimes. And then he had this one play towards the end of the game. trying to get. Th- they were in the red zone. Giants trying to get into the end zone here. And he steps up into the pocket, throws off his front foot. And uh, credit to whoever that... Uh, Rams defensive back was because he made a great diving interception. Um, pretty impressive, but still, Daniel Jones, like you, that's that's what's happening. Like you're throwing off your front foot. Like he could have took off and ran with it, but instead he tries to throw it, uh, get it near the end zone, and uh, gets picked off. So not great. Um, Goff didn't really have a great day. The Rams offensively did not really have a great day. Uh, and the Giants defense actually looked pretty good. I don't know if that's because the Rams and McVay were just not having a, a good a good day or because the Giants were playing hard. But either way, Giants lose 17-9, 0-4. We're coming for you, Trevor Lawrence. Jaguars, Bengals, Joe Mixon went crazy in this game. Uh, had 151 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Also had some receiving yards in there as well. Uh, he he just went crazy. They the 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 Jaguars could not stop Joe Mixon. Uh, he had six receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. Also, so three touchdowns on the day for Joe Mixon, and uh, the Jaguars were just kind of helpless. And after winning Week One against the Colts. Uh, they are now one and three, dropping their last three games. DJ Shark had a nice game uh, in his return. I believe he missed last week or last couple weeks. He had a couple touchdowns in his return. But the Bengals are on the board for the season. They get their first win. They are now one, two, and one. 
probably the saddest game of the day if if you're a Cowboys fan that is uh the Browns beating the Cowboys 49 to 38 uh the Cowboys defense is absolutely pathetic and here are the Browns coming in Baker Mayfield again throws for another he throws another game with less than 200 yards in the air uh, but he throws for 165 yards and two touchdowns Odell Beckham he has five receptions, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. He also had a rushing touchdown at the end of the game that was insane. Um, there, there's just like absolutely no excuse for why he uh, he should have scored that football. But the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, mounting a comeback. Uh, they drive down the field and score, and I think it's like the second play on the on the drive. Or no, they're. Uh, Actually, no, it was like a 50-yard run. So they were at midfield at this point. And the Cowboys, they get Odell in the backfield on, on a reverse. And he somehow escapes a tackle and then sprints up the sideline for a touchdown. It was it was insane. I mean, the the Cowboys defense, and I, I want to talk about most of the NFC East teams. I might skip the Redskins or touch about touch on them a little bit, but and we're going to talk about the NFC East teams, but the the Browns are now three and one, and the Cowboys are one disgusting Falcons collapse short of being zero and four, but they happen to be one and three. Uh, their defense absolutely sucks. Saints beat the Lions thirty-five to twenty-nine. Uh, Lions jumped out to a quick fourteen nothing lead in this one, but then the Saints rattled off thirty-five unanswered. Uh, Lions did score after that, and but the, the Saints were able to hold them off 35-29. to 29. Five straight touchdowns for the Saints after the Lions jumped out to a 14-0 lead. The Seahawks barely escaped with their lives against the Dolphins, 31-23. to 23. Russell Wilson finally looked human. Uh, he threw for 360 yards, two t- only two touchdowns, and even had an interception, if you can believe it or not. So maybe he comes back down to earth a little bit, although he did still throw for 360 yards. Uh, Seahawks win that 31-23. to Buccaneers beat the Chargers 38-31. That was a shootout. Justin Herbert was going blow for blow with Tom Brady. Uh, Herbert looks great. Tyrod Taylor, sorry bud, but you're out of the job. I don't care what Anthony Lynn says. If he's, I don't know if he's still riding that train about if Tyrod Taylor gets healthy, we're going to put him back into the starting lineup. That would be catastrophic to to Herbert's ego, his or not not his ego, but his his confidence and his development cuz the kid has played great football. He's got a cannon on him. He made one throw that made its uh its way around the highlight reels where he was being pressured. He's dropping back. He throws off his back foot and throws an absolute dime about 30 yards downfield, uh, maybe even 40. It was it was a great throw by Herbert. Unfortunately, the defense could not slow Tom Brady down. He had five touchdowns this week uh, for 369 yards. He also did have a pick. So Brady, I think he's registered a pick in almost every game, maybe every game except one this year. Yeah, so very un-Tom Brady-like, but he did throw for five touchdowns, so who really cares? But Herbert... 20 for 25, 290 yards, three touchdowns, 
And uh, he did. I think he did throw a pick late that kind of sealed their fate as they were trying to drive down the field and score. A hard-fought game for the Chargers. They did lose Austin Eckler in this game, which is unfortunate. He's probably going to... I think he's already... If not already, he's going to be on the IR for... I think they were saying six weeks. Um, so that's, that's a tough loss for them. Uh, but Joshua Kelly... Their rookie running back, he he's looked pretty good. So hopefully he excels now with getting a majority of the carries instead of splitting them with Eckler. Uh, Chargers are 1-3, but if you're a Chargers fan, it's a lot to be excited for. Justin Herbert looks like he was a good pick. A lot of people had questions about him coming out of Oregon, but he's he looks like he's progressing well so far over the first couple starts that he's had. Uh, the Ravens. Beat the crap out of the the Redskins, thirty-one to seventeen. Lamar had a crazy like fifty-yard run or whatever it was, uh, absolutely disgusting. But no outcome that was uh, a shock to anybody else. However, today they did announce that uh, Ron Rivera did announce that Dwayne Haskins is going to be benched. Uh, and we again we'll get into all of that. I'm going over the entire NFC East because I got to break them all down. They all stink. Uh, the Panthers beat the Cardinals thirty-one to twenty-one. Uh, Cardinals are now two and two, but Kyler Murray, he only threw for 133 yards, but he did have three touchdowns. Uh, the Panthers again, they're that weird team, man. I I don't know what's up with the Panthers. Mike Davis has been a great substitute for McCaffrey so far. He's been doing everything the Panthers have asked of him. Robbie Anderson has had a great year. Teddy Bridgewater's looked pretty good. But again, like, is this a team that's really trying to compete for the playoffs in the Super Bowl? Or is this a team that is in a rebuilding mode? Because it feels like they're in a rebuilding mode, but they keep competing in games and also winning games because now they're 2-2. Two and two. So the Panthers are a little bit, I don't know, they're, they're a question mark for me. Uh, the Vikings and the Texans, two teams that were 0-3 going into Sunday. One of them had to get off the schneid. It was the Vikings. Barely. Barely. Uh, Deshaun Watson threw a corner pass back in the end zone to Will Fuller, who tipped it with his hand and then caught it. But as he went to the ground, he wasn't able to tuck it into his body. So the ball did move as he hit the ground. I kind of thought it was a catch. The officials had other ideas. They call it inc- They ruled it a touchdown, and then they went back to look at it, reversed the call, and it saved the Vikings from losing a last second. This was on fourth down also. So it, it saved the Vikings from losing a last second touchdown by Watson. Bill O'Brien officially fired as the GM and the head coach happened six months too too late. When, when were the Yeah, six months, right? That's about right. When were the when was uh, the playoffs back in January, so more than six months. But <laughs> the, he should have been fired after they blew that lead to Kansas City, and I, I said he should have been fired. And of course, what do they do? They go and give him more power, and they make him GM. Said it was a bad idea from the beginning, and here they are, the Texans, zero and four. Their first and second round draft pick draft picks this year belong to the Miami Dolphins, and they have the highest paid offense in the entire league. 
So no draft. So Bill O'Brien leaves them. He trades away their all-pro receiver for David Johnson and a second-round pick. Pretty much a bag of chips. Um, he gets rid of all their draft picks. And he signs guys to massive contracts that are over market. The only one that is justifiable is Deshaun Watson. Uh, so he leaves you with no cap. He leaves you with no draft capital. And you're now 0-4. Good job, Bill O'Brien. You suck. He He's terrible. He's so bad. I, I, I mean, I just... I didn't, I never understood, I, and I still to this day cannot wrap my head around the, like, what Houston ownership saw in him that gave them the confidence to pretty much hand him the reins of the franchise. The Texans were up, what, 24 points on the Chiefs in that playoff game and then lost? Unjustifiable. And considering he already had a handful of questionable decisions before that, he should have been fired. And then instead of, even if they kept him just as the head coach, you want to give him one more year? All right, whatever. But in, but when everyone's saying Bill O'Brien should be fired, Bill O'Brien should be fired, the Texans turn around and give him the GM job also. And then he trades away your all-pro receiver. I, I just don't, I don't understand, man. I, I really just don't understand what these, these front office people saw in Bill O'Brien. I don't. I really don't. Texans are 0-4. Minnesota's 1-3. Vikings win 31-23. Colts beat the Bears in like a really gross game. Uh, 19-11. Nick Foles looked terrible. So that's a good sign if you're a Bears fan. He was 26-42 of for 250 yards and a touchdown and interception. So not a good game from Foles, which is... Again, not something you want to see if you're a Bears fan because you pretty much just shattered Mitch Trubisky's hopes and dreams. You can't possibly hope to turn back around if Foles stinks it up. Let's say Foles stinks it up for the next week or two, right? And the Bears lose all those games. What happens? You can't... What happens to the Bears? If you're Matt Nagy, can you, you can't turn around and, and, and ask Mitch to be the quarterback again, can you? That's not how that works. You'd lose all respect in the locker room. I personally, like, yes, Nick Foles came back and was able to beat the Falcons. All right, awesome. But I personally, I would not have taken Mitch Trubisky out of that game. You were you were 2-0, and and it, the game wasn't completely out of hand. But, I mean, I guess he made the right move there because they ended up winning the game. But now, you have Nick Foles who people are so high on Nick Foles, but like he's just, he's not that good of a starting quarterback. I would love to see his splits coming in as like a reserve, but I I don't know. He, He comes in, provides a spark off the bench for the Bears. They end up rallying, beating the Falcons. But then this week against a really good Colts defense. So, I mean, I guess if you want to take that into consider, well, you have to take that into consideration, but... I don't know how much you want to weigh it on Nick Foles. Like, this is probably one of the best defenses he's going to play all year. Um, But he looked bad. I mean, he just looked bad. Uh, 11 points, kind of gross. And you look at the Bears, the rest of their uh, the rest of their season here, they're playing the Bucks this Thursday. 
Then they have the Panthers, the Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings, Packers, Lions, Texans, Vikings, Jaguars, and Packers. Uh, so this Colts defense might be the best that they play all year. Uh, but it's still not a great sign if if you're if you're Matt Nagy, just because Foles didn't he didn't look great. Like you if you would have liked him to see throw to be a little bit more accurate. You know he almost his completion percentage that game was a little over fifty percent, which is the most alarming part. Bears get their first loss of the season. Um, Colts are three and one. Bears are also three and one. Bills beat the Raiders 30 to 23. Uh, that was a pretty good game, which is so bizarre to think of like a couple years ago. If you, if you were thinking, wow, Bills Raiders, that's going to be a really good game. And it wasn't like sarcastically <laughs> because this is, this was a good game. The Raiders looked pretty good this year. Uh, they, I think they just dropped their second straight, but they've looked pretty good. Derek Carr threw 311 yards and two touchdowns, but he does fumble the ball a lot. So uh, Derek Carr has got to hold on to that ball a little bit tighter. Josh Jacobs never really had it going. He only had 15 carries, 48 yards. Um, but the star of the Raiders offense, yes, Josh Jacobs obviously is very, very good. Uh, but the star of the Raiders offense the past two or three weeks has been Darren Waller. The guy is a nightmare for defenses. He's very fast. He's very big. He has great hands. Um, so he's, he's just really made a name for himself over the past year. Uh, very happy for him. Obviously, if you don't know his story, uh, he had some drug problems early on in his career. He's with the Ravens for a little bit on their practice squad. Now he's with the Raiders, uh, and he's thriving. So good for Darren Waller. Happy for him. Uh, he had nine receptions for 88 yards, but the story of this game, of course, is Josh Allen and the Bills. They now improve to 4-0. Josh Allen, 288 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Stephon Diggs had 115 yards. Diggs has been incredible um, all year. He's been great. Him and Josh Allen are like a match made in heaven. And Josh Allen, whatever knocks you had on him the previous years, I don't think you really have on him anymore because he's been a tremendous passer this year so far and if he keeps it up the Bills are going to be a real 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 threat coming down the stretch and into the playoffs Eagles 49ers the Eagles scratched out a win on the Niners 25 to 20 disgusting I mean they barely beat a banged up Niners team um Carson Wentz Still looks absolutely miserable out there. He's he has the yips. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Um, but the Eagles get on the board, I guess, with their first win. They're one, two, and one, and that means they're also in first place in the NFC East because they don't have three losses. <laughs> uh, Monday night, the Chiefs Patriots game was pushed back because Cam had COVID, uh, so that was moved to Monday night at seven on CBS. Chiefs win twenty six to ten, but the Patriots defense. Looked really good. Mahomes had two passing TDs, but they weren't real passes. They were little. He he tossed it in front of him as Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman ran in front of him and took the ball into the end zone. So, uh, regardless, I would regardless the the Patriots played great defense against the Chiefs. Um, if Cam, I would have loved to see Cam Newton in this game, it would have been way more competitive. But unfortunately. 
The Patriots didn't have to work with that, so their quarterback play sucked. However, um, their defense was impressive. The only team so far to kind of hold the Chiefs in check this year. And then the Falcons and Packers played at 9 on ESPN. This game was uh, kind of a joke from the beginning. Packers, I mean, the Falcons didn't have a shot. Julio Jones left the game in like the third quarter. Hurt his hammy again, which is what he missed last week with. So he'll probably miss this week. Um, but yeah, that's so it, it, it's tough break for the Falcons, but nothing changes there. Packers are 0-4-0. Falcons are 0-4. Fired Dan Quinn. I don't understand what is fucking happening. I do not understand what is happening with the Falcons. Why does Dan Quinn still have a job? Blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. And I will be screaming it from the rooftops uh, until he gets fired. And then I, I will rejoice. But until then, fire Dan Quinn. That's all I could say. Alright, this NFC East problem. Let's get into this because it, it's disgusting. First of all, the Giants are in last place. They're own four. They are the lowest scoring offense in the entire NFL. Uh, they can't string together two successful drives to save their life. They cannot find the end zone at all. Like, they just they can't score a touchdown. Um, and generally, when your team can't score touchdowns, you're not going to win. Their defense, at times, uh, looks really not promising, but they're... You take a little pride in it because they, they look like they're playing hard. And a lot of times they are. But then when your offense goes out to the field and it keeps getting three and out after three and out or turns the ball over, fumble, interception, whatever, it's demoralizing as a defense. And you see that throughout the rest of the game when, you know, after halftime, the Giants only put up six points, but they're down a touchdown. And then going to the next half, they still only put up a field goal in the entire half, and they don't fucking win the game. Like, I don't know how you expect a defense to stay motivated when your offense can't score the goddamn football. So, the Giants are 0-4. Um, should they stumble across the number one pick? We'll have some questions to answer. I think at this point, I, I don't think Gettleman takes Trevor Lawrence because I think he wants to be right about Daniel Jones. Um... I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. It's scary to think about, so we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. The Cowboys are, like I said, one Falcons collapse away from being 0-4, uh, but they are 1-3. They have maybe one of, I, I don't know, the, so they're, they're, they stay in games because their offense can score. They have a very, very good offense. That's not the problem. It's just that their defense may be the worst defense in the entire NFL. They stink. Uh, they they could not stop a JV football team. Uh, they, they are really, really bad. The Browns almost put up 50 on them in Jerry World. So it's it, it's not looking good for the Cowboys. If anything... This has proven that they have paid the wrong guy um, because Dak Prescott is on a franchise tag. He doesn't have his contract that he wanted. However, they they paid Amari Cooper and Zeke. They also paid um, Demarcus Lawrence, who has been god-awful this year. 
uh, has not been doing anything that the, the Cowboys need him to do. But Dak Prescott, through it all, yes, they're always down because their defense can't stop anybody, so they have to kind of throw the ball to get back into the game or stay in the game. So he's been throwing for like crazy Madden numbers right now. Uh, he has like 500 yards in the past two games. It's insane. I mean, he's been slinging the ball all over the place. Uh, Mike McCarthy has essentially made Zeke Elliott completely useless. He does not incorporate him into the offense at all. I have no idea why. He's one of the best dual running backs in the entire NFL. Uh, and, and McCarthy just simply does not give him the football. He loves just airing it out with Dak Prescott. And they've been scoring a shit ton, but when your defense can't score, you know, so you think maybe you work the other way around, you know, instead of just trying to fire away and, and get touchdowns to keep your team in the game. You think maybe you want to be a bit more methodical about it. Run the ball. Run the clock out. Keep your defense off the field as long as possible. That might be an approach they want. They might want to try and uh, investigate and try and take on Sunday. Just run, run the football. Keep your defense off the field. They suck. They are so bad. I can't reiterate that enough. Washington, after the winning, coincidentally, their only win this season is against the Eagles. So they're one and three. Uh, Washington is, and Dwayne Haskins has been officially benched by Ron Rivera, and. I think it's a little short. I don't think it's it's that. There there are a couple ways to look at it. I I don't really think it's that fair. Um, Haskins is a young QB still. He's in a new system with a new coach. Um, however, Ron Rivera has been watching him pretty much since July. He's been watching him every day in practice, and then he's had these uh, four additional games to see what he can do, and. Uh, what I'm reading is that Rivera threw a, a little bit of a test at him. And going into this game against the Ravens, um, which of course is a very tough opponent, uh, but he said just throw. Haskins had a, 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 a issue with airing it out when he didn't have to and making inaccurate deep throws. So he said, all right, keep it underneath, keep it mid-range, you know, just... Make make the smart throw, make the safer read, and that's what Haskins kind of did all game. Now the test that comes from Rivera is it's fourth and goal. They're already the game is unwinnable at this point, but this they're just going for it just because. And this is the test. It's fourth and goal on the 13 yard line. And the Redskins, Haskins drops back to I said Redskins again. I'm sorry. The football, the Washington football team. Haskins. Drops back to pass, and instead, what what he has to do is break the rules, right? Rivera told him to do this all game, but now it's fourth and goal on the 13. You need a touchdown. You need the ball to be in the end zone or inside, like, the two-yard line to have a chance to get into the end zone. Um, and Rivera wanted him to break the rules, throw it into the end zone like he was supposed to, and instead of doing that, Haskins checked it down to his running back. I don't know if it was Gibson or not, but he checks it down in the flat. And 
and it's no, it goes for like a three yard gain, and then it's a turnover on downs. So you go out with a whimper, and apparently that's all that Ron Rivera needed to know about Dwayne Haskins, um, and his basketball, basketball, his football IQ. Oh, and his situational awareness. And it's not there, clearly. So, uh, they're benching Dwayne Haskins. And Kyle Allen, actually, is the backup for the Washington football team. And Allen and Rivera, of course, were on Carolina last year. Kyle Allen got a couple of nice wins there in Carolina while Cam was injured. Um, But they're reunited now in Washington. So, good luck with that to the Washington football team. And then, of course, by default here, I guess, is the Philadelphia Eagles are 1-2-1. Of course, they tied to the Bengals. Uh, They got their first win against a banged-up 49ers team. But the real issue here with the Eagles, uh, there's there's two. There's the fact that their wide receivers just cannot stay healthy. Um, I mean, they're running like arena, legitimately running arena football league signees from on their starting lineup. Like they have absolutely no receivers. Dallas Goddard and that two tight end set they had with him and Ertz was really nice for uh, a few games, but Goddard gets hurt now. He's on the IR currently, so you really only have Ertz left. Uh, Miles Sanders has been very good this year. So that's problem one is that they don't have all of their starting healthy receiver all of their starting receivers are not healthy. Problem number two, and probably the honestly the biggest problem here, is Carson Wentz has the yips. Um I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if the injuries have taken a toll on his body more than we were led to believe. Um, I have, I have no idea what's happening, but he has the yips. There was a throw um, that got a lot of people's attentions. Negative, of course. Uh, Carson Wentz rolled to his left a little bit, set his feet, and just threw an absolute rainbow lollipop of a fucking football into the air. And instead of leading his receiver, it pretty much, it looked like a punt. Like, he just had to stand there and wait for the ball to come down. Almost gets picked off. Uh, And everyone, you just think, it looks like he has a, when he throws a deep ball like that, it looks like he's got like a spaghetti noodle arm, man. Like, it's just, he just kind of, there's no force. There's no, like, effort to put some oomph behind the football, you know? It just... He looks, he looks bad. It's like a pitcher or a golfer that has the yips. You just, you can't, you can't get it. You can't get your swing. You can't get your your pitches in the strike zone. Carson Wentz can't throw an accurate football. Don't know why. No, absolutely no idea. It, it's a mystery to everybody. Um, so that's the problem with the NFC East. If you didn't know, those those are all the problems. It's a joke absolutely joke of division it might end up being one of the worst divisions we have ever seen when it come when you come and look at uh final records whoever wins that 
division is going to be a uh, is going to be steamrolled in the playoffs, in my opinion. I think Dallas probably has the best chance to actually win a playoff game just because of their offense. But goddamn, their defense is so bad. I I I don't know. Um, they, I mean, they almost they put up thirty eight points and lost. Uh, because they can't stop anybody. So their offense isn't the problem, but their defense is really bad. Carson Wentz can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. He sucks. The Redskins, I mean, the Redskins are the Redskins. They they are far away from being actually competitive. And then the Giants might end up being the worst team in football this year. So NFC East is uh, disgusting, to say the least. Finals, Game 4. Almost had a sweep. Almost had a sweep. Um, the Miami Heat, with the help of Jimmy Butler having a 40-point triple-double in Game 3, were able to bring the series to 2-1. But last night, the Lakers take Game 4, 102-96. to uh, They are now up three games to one, and they will look to close out the finals on Friday. LeBron going for his fourth ring, AD going for his first Danny Green also going for his third ring with his third different team, much like LeBron. So they will join the record books should they win. Um, but it was... I'm Anthony Davis is a monster, man. That That's really it. Uh, the Heat, no matter how hard they play, no matter how great of defense they play, they're just there is no one individual answer for Anthony Davis. He, he's shooting 61, 55, and 100 in the finals. And that is not a typo. He's shooting 61% from the field, 55% from the three-point line, and 100% from the free-throw line in the finals, Anthony Davis. He's an absolute monster. Yes, LeBron is the leader of the team. He's the veteran. You know, he's the GOAT, one of, I think he's the GOAT, but, you know, he's one or two, depending on how you look at it, one of the greatest players of all time, um, and yes, he can take over the game when he wants, but he has, he's, the finals right now, we are seeing it happen, he is passing the reins to Anthony Davis, like, officially, and saying, go be the most dominant player on the court, here you go, you have my blessing, and he is. I mean, the the Heat, like I said, no matter how great they play all around basketball, they don't have a singular answer for Anthony Davis. They don't have a scheme they can run defensively. They don't, short of triple teaming Anthony Davis, they do not have an answer for him. He he he's triple threat position shoots over Bam in the mid range, spot up three point shots, post ups rebounds, dunks, alley-oops, like the guy literally, he hits from all over the court. He's unstoppable. Now, with that being said, he didn't have a great game three, the game they lost 115 to 104. He was six and nine from the field, one to two from three, only 15 points. Uh, he had four fouls, so not a great game from him, obviously, but, but that game was more about Jimmy Butler putting his team on his back and getting that win. He was 14-20 from the field, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, and 40 points on the di- on the night. And he was, I mean, he was incredible, man. He was incredible. Um, he is the first player to 
outscore LeBron, out-rebound LeBron, and out-assist LeBron in a finals game ever. Pretty impressive. I mean, a very, very impressive game from Jimmy Butler. He is, I mean, he's the truth. He's he's the man. I, I love Jimmy Butler so much. Um, I love this Heat team. I love Tyler Hero. I love Bam. I think they're all great players. I think the Heat are a great team. But when you have two of the top five players in the world, uh, it, it's it's one who's in his prime and the other one who, it, at age 35, is still borderline unguardable. Uh, there's, there's not much you can do, man. There's just really not much you can do. Um, so the, the Lakers right now on Friday, if they win, uh, they will have gentlemen, had a gentleman sweep throughout the entire playoffs, uh, four games to one. They beat the Trailblazers four games to one. They beat the Rockets four to one. They beat the Nuggets four to one. And if they win Friday, they would have defeated the Heat four games to one. So, uh, Lakers looking to close it out, tie the Boston Celtics for most championships of all time, and LeBron going for his fourth ring, AD going for his first. Um, Dwight Howard also would get a ring, so that's pretty cool. J.R. Smith would get another ring. Kyle Kuzma would get a ring. I know some people are going to be mad I said that, but I had to. It was just uh, for trolling purposes, but uh, the Lakers... Again, last night they won 102 to 96. So that series, unfortunately for Miami, going to come out with a going to close out with maybe a whimper. We'll see how they do on Friday. If they end up winning on Friday, pat yourselves on the back, man. You beat the the Lakers in a series more times than anybody else. Uh, if not, no shame. You played your hardest. Uh, you know, 102-96, they won 115-104, uh, 124-114, 116-98. It's tough, man. There's just no other way to dissect it. It's just, you're playing, you are playing a, a, a team who steamrolled some of the best teams in the, in the, in the higher NBA. And... They just, the Lakers have, right now, it feels like, it feels like the Lakers just have unwavering confidence. Like, no matter what happens, they'll still be able to come out on top. Or no matter how much they're down by, they can always come back. That's the kind of confidence they're, like, strutting around with. That's how it feels watching LeBron and Anthony Davis play basketball right now. The Heat, you know, they've had double-digit leads multiple times throughout this series. Multiple times. And for the most part, every time, the Lakers come back and they make it a close game or they end up taking the lead again. So it's, it's tough. It's tough. When you don't have a dominant shot creator on your team like Miami doesn't uh you know obviously the Lakers have two elite shot creators and shot makers and Anthony Davis and LeBron um Jimmy Butler can go out and and get his buckets when he wants but he's I wouldn't classify him as an elite shot 
creator. Jimmy Butler excels in playmaking and defense, and his leadership makes the Heat better when he is on the court, for sure. And yes, he can hit threes. Yes, he can get a basket. Yes, he gets the free throw line a lot. Um, But that's his bread and butter. Drive to the lane, get fouled. Uh, But he's not an elite shot creator, three-point maker, stuff like that, right? Uh, Tyler Hero has played great. Um, kind of a liability on de- he's being exposed defensively in this in this series. Um, but he's he's made some big shots. Uh, so his, his talent's undeniable. Also, I think he's going to be great for the foreseeable future. And Bam came back. Bam is uh Bam's good man. Bam's great. I I love Bam Adebayo. Uh, again, another guy who's going to be a force in this league for years to come. I think the Heat are set up very nicely. I think they're going to come back. If they I they can they have the cap capital, I think, to go out and and sign someone either this year or next year, sign a big name. Obviously rumors are swirling that they want to try and get Giannis, but who knows with that. Um but I think until they get another guy to put another established star to sit next to Jimmy Butler, um, they're going to have trouble winning titles. Do I think they can get back here next year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, just based on their defense alone, they, they're great, man. Um, but there, a lot of people slept on them this year, but they're going to be competitive next year, and they're going to have a target on their back. Uh, so bright future for the Heat, in my opinion. But there's just not much you can do when you go up against a juggernaut like the Lakers are this year. The MLB playoffs. Uh, the first game of the DS Divisional Series were yesterday. Uh, well, some of the first games. Game 2 of the ALDS with the Yankees and Rays. Game 1, Braves and Marlins. Game 2 of the Astros and Athletics. And Game 1 of the Padres and Dodgers. So let's go through the uh, Game 1s, first of all. Braves, Marlins. Uh, the Braves... Blew the game open in the bottom of the sixth. Marlins had a 4-3 lead up until that point. Uh, Marlins tacked one on in the top of the eighth, but after that, it was a no-go. Braves win game one, 9-5. Ronald Acuna pimped a home run. The story coming out of that game was Ronald Acuna pimped a home run, and uh, the next at-bat he had... Alcantara, the uh, starter for the Marlins this game, plunked him. Uh, Acuna actually tweeted, he's like, they hit me because they can't get me out. Like, All right, yeah, that's okay, that's fair, that's fair. And then, of course, Trevor Bauer, very outspoken guy, quotes tweets it, and he said, this is the game, this is the direction the game needs to go to, to survive. This is the direction. If you can't, if you don't like being showed up, get better or get out, the game's not waiting for you. So... I kind of like that approach. Um, obviously, if you're the team that the guy is showboating against, you're going to hate that guy, and you're going to want your pitcher to hit him, which is obviously fine reasoning. But at some point, I think from now nowadays, uh, the bat flip and the, the celebrations have been uh, more accepted from the times that you know Jose Bautista flipped his bat against the the Rangers. That was 
that was crazy. That was, everyone was like, oh my God, look at this guy, blah, blah, blah. And that was, you know, five years ago now. So uh, definitely more accepted to kind of showboat and show emotions rather than the act like you've been here before mentality. Um, but the Braves take game one, nine to five. The late game at the uh, at night was it was at nine thirty ish. It started. Uh, Dodgers beat the Padres five games to one. This was a tied ball game up until the bottom of the sixth. And what an absolutely catastrophic top of the sixth it was, or bottom of the sixth it was. Um, I believe it was Bellinger ground ball to to Cronin Cronin'sworth uh, Cronin'worth second baseman for the Padres into the shift. Generally a, a routine play. Bellinger's hustling down the line. And uh, the throw is a bit to the right of Hosmer. And it's a totally catchable ball. Hosmer 100% needs to catch this ball. Um, but it gets by him. It's an error. Guy reaches. And then it's just an absolute catastrophe from then on. And I should specify, I confused myself a little bit. The bottom of the fifth was when the error occurred. That allowed Turner to score to tie the game. And then the bottom of the sixth, the wheels fell off. A walk, Betts double, sack fly, single, double, another walk, infield single. Um, yeah, wild pitch for the for the Padres. Kind of, all, again, the wheels fall off for the Padres at the bottom of the sixth. But they had a one nothing lead going into the fifth. And then you hate to lose your lead on an error, but... It's what happened. Um, so, tough loss for the Padres. Um, one story coming out of that game that is just mind-boggling, in my opinion. Ryan Weathers. Uh, he's a 20-year-old kid. Um, he was a first-round draft pick by the Padres a couple years ago. He made his MLB debut last night. A playoff game. A tied playoff game against uh, a team that had the best record in baseball with the Dodgers. And I, 20 years old, I mean, I'd throw up. I'd pass out. I'd throw up and pass out. Like, I, I can't imagine the adrenaline rushing through this kid's veins. Um, but he was pretty good. He was pretty good. He pitched uh, one and a third innings, walked two, struck out one. Uh, no earned runs. So good outing from the kid. Uh, but what a what a debut to make! Oh my goodness, uh, that's just got to be, oh, that's got to be absolutely nerve wracking. Um, the Padres did suffer some some bad news. They had Clevenger, who missed the wild card series against the Cardinals from an injury, on the roster for the the Padres for the divisional series. Pitches game one, goes an inning, and has to get taken out of the game because of his elbow. And from then on, it's just. Uh, it's a bullpen, bullpen session. They had eight guys after Clevenger finish out uh, the game. Essentially, no guys going more than an inning and a third. So, so that's tough if you're the Padres for the rest of the series. Um, you just used a bunch of guys. Uh, obviously, like I said, none of them went for more than an inning and a third. But you still had to use a bunch, and it ended up in a loss anyway. So tough break. Um, Walker Bueller went four innings for the Dodgers, eight Ks, four walks, and Dustin May. I love Dustin May. That kid's gonna be an absolute unit. 
uh, if he's not already, which I think he is. He's throwing like 100-mile-an-hour two-seam fastballs. I, I don't understand how he's supposed to hit those things. And Alcantara for the Marlins, by the way, before I I, I forget this, kid's throwing like a 94-mile-an-hour changeup. I, I don't understand how that works either. But so, some some crazy pitching last night. Um, Astros, Athletics, unfortunately, the Astros win 5-2. to two. They take a 2-0 lead over Oakland. I think Game 1, Correa hit two home runs. Springer hit two home runs in Game 2. Uh, I said in the wildcard series against the White Sox, if Oakland doesn't win, it's probably going to be because of their pitching. And lo and behold, I'm a series early, I'm a series late, but here we are against the Astros and the the Athletics pitching cannot hold down the Astros offense. Um so it, it's tough to see, you know, obviously everyone hates the Astros except Astros fans. Uh I don't think anyone wants to see them win, but uh, I'm hoping that the Yankees uh Honestly, anyone but the Astros. I would really like the Yankees to have a rematch against them in the ALCS and fucking wipe the floor with them. Um, but if whoever it is, I, I want them to beat the Astros. Whether it's the Yankees or the Rays, I'm going to be rooting for the for them to beat the Astros. I I don't care about that, you know. Um, I like the the AL East division rivalries. As long as it's not the Red Sox, right? Like, if the Rays end up beating the Yankees, I'm going to be pissed, yes. But if they end up playing the Astros, I'm going to be rooting for them. So, Astros up 2-0 against Oakland. And then finally, of course, the my Yankees against Tampa Bay. Um, first of all, Aaron Boone, just terrible. Terrible management. Overmanaging. Um, they tried to get a little too cute, a little too fancy with what they're doing. Uh, they announced... Davey Garcia as the Game 2 starter um, in advance. Before the series started, they said, Garcia's going Game 2, Tanaka's going Game 3. And uh, apparently the point of that was to control Tampa Bay's lineup. Because Tampa Bay set their lineup to go against a young right-handed pitcher. So what does Boone do? Garcia goes out. He allows a home run to uh, a Rosarina, who's been absolutely on fire in these first two games. Um, and then after that, that's in the bottom of the first. And then the top of the second, Stanton ties it. It's 1-1, but Garcia doesn't come out uh, come out of the dugout. So Boone said the intention was to always pitch him one. And who comes in? J.A. Hat. So you wanted to control the lineup and then do the old switcheroo and and put in a lefty to try and match up against them. Um, unnecessary. Just straight up unnecessary. Uh, if you're going to start Hap, start Hap. If you're going to start Garcia, at least let him throw four innings, right? Three, four innings if he's doing well. The kid's good. He He's he's good. And they, they Boone tries to get too quick, quick, cute with it. He burns two starting pitchers in the process, right? He can't start Hap. And he's not going to start Garcia probably for the rest of the series. So what do you do now? What do you do now if you're if you're Boone? You have Tanaka going game three. Who pitches game four if there's a, when there's a game four? Who pitches it? Cole? Short rest? Maybe? 
I, I don't know, man. I, I think that depends on the outcome of Game 3. Obviously, it's tied 1-1 now. The Rays won 7-5 last night. Um, just too many home runs. And it, it off home runs of uh, of guys that shouldn't even been in the fucking game, man. Jay Happ. Garcia lets up a home run to a, Ro- a Rosarina. Fine. Stan goes yard. Stan's been having a hell of a series also. I mean, he's been absolutely on fire. Uh, he had two home runs today. A three-run home run also. So he had two home runs, four RBIs. The guy's been phenomenal. But Hap, Hap goes and allows, he allows a home run to, a two-run homer to Zanino, and then a, a two-run homer to Margot. All of a sudden, it's 5-1. Stan comes up, of course. He hits a three-run bomb. Now it's 5-4. Bomber of the fifth. So Hap, Hap comes in, pitches two and two-thirds, five hits, four earned runs. I, he throws 70 pitches in two and two-thirds and allows four earned runs. Adovino comes in. All trust is lost with him. But he comes in. Uh, gives up one run in, in two-thirds of an innings pitched. Loisica comes in. I don't know what the confidence is with Jonathan Loisica. Um, he's he's not the answer there either. He allows a run in, a, in an inning in a third, in two-thirds. Uh, so it's just... It, it just hasn't been great, man. It just has not been great. Four home runs. That's what beat the Yankees. Four home runs. Rosarina, Zanino, Margot, and Meadows. Austin Meadows. Yankees were threatening in the ninth. LeMayhew singled to center and scored. Uh, Urshela, 7-5, but then Judge strikes out. Um, aside from that hit, LeMayhew uh, in the ninth to get a run in. That bottom turnover there, Sanchez, LeMayhew, Judge. Judge was 0-5. I mean, you just can't have... Frazier struck out a couple times. Gary Sanchez was over for 4. Uh, just not the product. I mean, we scored five runs, but the the beginning opener, the like the, the switcheroo opener in the beginning, fucked. I think it fucked everything up. I don't know why, why you do that, but uh, they did. But luckily tonight, Tanaka's on the mound for the Yankees. Um... He kind of got fucked in that first game he had against the Indians. There was that whole rain delay situation, whatever. Uh, but should be good weather in San Diego tonight. Tanaka on the mound against Charlie Morton. So uh, should be a pretty good pitcher's duel. Big big game three. Big game three. Going to be a stressful one for sure. All right, but I think that'll wrap it up here for this episode of From My Point of View. Thank you all for listening. Um, Hopefully football doesn't get messed up with some of this coronavirus stuff going on for a couple of these teams, and we have a full slate of games on Sunday. Um, Hopefully the Yankees win this series against the Rays. Yeah, just just hope all that happens. Um, So, yeah, thank you all for listening. Have a good weekend. Enjoy your playoff baseball, playoff basketball, which might be over on Friday, and then your NFL Sunday. Talk to you all next Wednesday.